Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am back in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. So great to be here on this beautiful, balmy afternoon. I'll tell you what, um, it is beautiful, but it is balmy. Um, the weather report was saying that like the heat index is somewhere around 102 degrees. And uh, let's just say that when you get out there and you're a grown man with a little bit of huskiness on you, it feels every bit of 102. I'm just saying. So I want to go fry an egg on the sidewalk, I think. Let me try it one time. I hear time. about all that, but... Yeah, you just got to try it one time, you know? Just at least once. Just say you did it, right? You try it. So uh, a couple things. Uh, first and foremost, I want to give you my email address, ryan at twopraise.net. I love hearing from you guys. I love the fact that you listen week in and week out. And if this is your first time uh, listening or if you have never sent me an email, please send me an email. I would like to know who you are, where you're from, you know, what's the deal with you, um, you know, what is your uh, experience within, you know, the Torah movement? How did you, you know, come to, to know the Lord? Um, do you even know the Lord, right? All this stuff. I just kind of want to get an idea of who you are and who's out there and all that kind of stuff. So Your testimony. Testimony. That's a great word. That's the word I was looking for. You're a wordsmith, I tell you. That's right. <laughs> so um, we uh, also are coming out of the three weeks of affliction. Praise God, the three weeks of affliction are over. They ended uh, this last Thursday evening um, with uh, the end of the 9th of Av. So we are cleared of the three weeks of affliction, and we are in this period of the summer months before we get into the fall feast. Now, the fall feast season really starts uh, with Elul 1, which is the beginning of what they call Teshuvah. Teshuvah in Hebrew just means return or repentance. And um, Elul 1 will be on August 20th, starting at sundown. And then it'll go for the whole month of Elul and all the way through the 10 days of awe, all the way up to Yom Kippur. So um, we, as a congregation here at Beit Tehillah, we do a Daniel fast together for three weeks, starting on Elul 1 all the way through uh, Elul 21. So that'll be August 20th all the way through what will be the end of the three weeks. So it would be Elul 21 on the Hebrew calendar. I'll get you that other date uh, another time. But um, oh, are you talking about the uh, the end of the Daniel fast? Correct. So it'll go from August twentieth, then boom, not August twenty seventh. Mm. It's going to go to the evening of September the tenth. That's correct. So all the way through to September twenty first of Elul, the tenth. That's right, Elul twenty one. So um, if you want to join with us, um, we fast. What for? For the uh, people of Israel and for the city of Jerusalem, um, we fast, we pray, we return to God. Just kind of get our hearts right. It's not that we can't do this all year round, but this is just a season of, um, you know, returning to God, getting our minds and our hearts aligned um, with God and just getting uh, ourselves kind of just centered in that direction so that we can prepare for uh, Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, and um, Sukkot. So, all right. 
I think that's all the announcements I have. Other than, as always, please uh, like, share, subscribe, whatever you do, whatever uh, podcast platform you're listening to this on, we want to hear from you. And those of you that have been supporting us with donations, thank you so much. We very much appreciate your uh, your giving. And uh, for those of you that are not giving, just ask yourself why you're not giving to uh, Christians with Torah, you know what I mean, to help get this word out. So uh, if you want to start, you can go to twopraise.net, and you can give there by hitting the Give button at the top of the page. All right, so we are jumping into the Torah portion. This week's Torah portion is called Ekev, which means the heel of. And this is found in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 7, starting in verse 12 and ending in chapter 11 and verse 25. Excellent. And once again, five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy is remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant. Once again, here are those five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy, a book of remembrance. Remember, obey, blessing, curse, covenant. And the book of Deuteronomy is, of course, broken up into four sections. And uh, we are currently in the section of uh, chapter 4, verse 44, all the way through chapter 26, commandments for the present. So Ryan's going to read in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 12 through 19. Our little title here is Blessed Above All People. Man, what an honor it is to read the Word of God. Amen. And whatever you speak comes towards you. So let's right. do it. Let's do it. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb, the fruit of thy land, thy corn, thy wine, and thine oil, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eye shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, for that will be a snare unto thee. If thou shalt say in thine heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. The great temptations which thine eyes saw, and the signs and wonders in the mighty hand and outstretched arm, whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out, so shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Wow. That's a lot. Check this out. So what three things was the Lord to bless if his people would keep the covenant? Well, thank you for asking. It would be that the womb, land, livestock, cattle, and sheep would all be blessed. That's right. Their word kine is actually cows. cattle. Cows. Yeah. Mm. That's right. Eat more chicken. <laughs> My son works at Chick-fil-A, so I thought I'd just throw that in. Now, here's something really cool. Um, Deuteronomy 7, 14. Uh, Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. Yeah. Now, check out Exodus 19, 5, Ryan, if you could read that. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. Exodus. Now, is that racist? Is that favoritism? 
Is that a hierarchy? What is he doing here, Ryan? Well, I so think, check out Exodus 19.5. I think in the strictest what's definition. What's the requirement here to be above all people? Oh, here it is. You're right. You're right. Here it is. There, now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is See, mine. See, we're not better than anybody else. We just hear his voice and keep his covenant. And I really believe that Christians wow. with Torah is an incredible movement. Uh, I had my meeting with my pastor friends this morning, and I got talking about, you know, uh, who's going to, you know, educate the, uh, the church or Christianity, the evangelicals, about the, the relevancy of the Torah, its teachings and instructions. So that's Exodus 19.5. And, and as we move on, now just think about that. So keep his covenant. And hear his voice. And we're going to get back to that because it's going to kind of come around full circle here. I do believe in this portion. We'll look at it. So would there be sickness among God's people if they obeyed the covenant? Uh, no. No, not at all. No, obeying the covenant is the key. That's it. And, and so think about that, everybody. You know, uh, by his stripes, we are healed, you yeah. know. And so with this coronavirus, we need his protection. We need his healing, you Amen. know. So uh, now this is kind of interesting. So he's going to bless the, the womb, the land, the livestock. You're going to be blessed above all people. He's going to keep sickness away from you. Boy, this is sounding really good, Ryan. This, I'm, I'm buying into this. Well, that's, that's, but remember, this is an if before there, yeah, all of you know, the, the Yeah, the Mosaic Covenant, this, this Torah, it's conditional. It's conditional. That's right. Uh, Abrahamic's unconditional. So the Lord was going to send the hornet among the enemies of Israel that hide themselves from thee. So think about it. God's got our back. Matter of fact, I think there's even some verses that talk about this. It might even be in Deuteronomy. I'm not really sure the address. But it says, if you keep my feast, I'll keep your enemy at bay. Oh, yeah. I'll take care of your enemies. I like that. So we want to be at the right place at the right Because you know what time. they say, haters going to hate. That's it. Uh, so that's pretty cool. you know. So God will take care of our enemies. You know, He'll bless those that bless. He'll curse those that curse. Uh, even those that are grafted in, He'll take care of you. Uh, now the... Um, the Lord thy God was going to put out the nations little by little for his people. I think there's a saying, don't despise small beginnings. I agree with that. So the Lord thy God was going to put out the nations little by little for his people. That's outstanding. Uh, the children of Israel were to burn with fire all the graven images. So I love what John Bevere says about idolatry. Idolatry is whatever you give your strength to... And, of course, whatever you get your strength from. It was interesting. You know, I had a remote control, and um, it got lost. And I'm like, you know, I mean, I was really disappointed. I was sad. And I just let it go. I said, you know, I'm not bound by this remote. And uh, a few know. months later. I remember you talking about it my, uh, a lot. One of my, I found it at the bottom of the chair, like back in the, you know, the leather part. It was just back there hidden. I know I checked it before. Did you burn it with fire? No, I, I used it. <laughs> I thank God for my remote. You know, he took yeah. it from me and he gave it back, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it is. That's cool. So once again, the children of Israel were to burn with fire all the graven images. Boy, I tell you, this is so relevant for today. Um, but we're going to move on. We're going to go into Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. Remember God's commandments. And I just really feel led to read. You know, I think you should read. You're so I, I want to read 8. Remember God in Canaan. So here we go. Uh, remember God's commandments. So. You, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. Here we go. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. 
Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Hallelujah. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and fear him. So, think about this, Ryan. What other thing is man to live by besides bread? Uh, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Say that again. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Wow. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, we have Yeshua is tempted by the devil. And this is what it says here, uh, basically, uh, as he's being tempted. But he answered and said, It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This was Yeshua's temptation. So I love that when the enemy came at him, he didn't say, hey, you know, you know, Satan, you know what I think? Or, or I've heard it said, we've got this panel of counselors. This committee. Yeah, this committee. <laughs> no, he says it is written. That's right, you know, It is written. And so once again, keep, keep that in mind. And uh, that's, that's really, really important. Uh, what two things did not happen to the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness 40 years, Ryan? The raiment or their clothing waxed not old upon them, and their feet did not swell. So um, their, you know, their clothes didn't wear out. I mean, imagine uh, you're walking through the desert, right? And you're, you know, you've got your clothes and everything, and they don't wear out. I mean, you don't get holes in them, and... They don't get dingy That's and interesting. Dirty. You know, the rain or clothing wax not old upon them, and their feet did not swell. That's what it says. But if we go to Deuteronomy 29.5, this is what it says. And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. Which is nice, too. So it's good that your, your foot doesn't swell. But, yeah. you know, this is really cool. Your, your sandals, your shoes never wore out. Yeah, you want to keep your soul intact. Your soul intact. See I, I like that. See what I did? <laughs> See, Dr. Souls didn't come about till later on. No, he did not. So what's interesting, Ryan, is how many of you know that when you have children, they need shoes? Oh, absolutely. So they need dress shoes. Often. They need tennis shoes. Oh, yeah. Right now, I'm in a, I need volleyball shoes. I need soccer cleats, you know. And I'm thinking, man, if, if, if we could just go back in time. And you're like, again? All seven of my children could just wear the same shoes, and they never wear out. Yeah, wow. But see, the problem is that their feet are growing. I know. So the next kid just gets them. They're like new, though. I know. The next kid gets your shoes, and they're like new. Yeah. The hand-me-downs aren't so bad because they didn't wear out. That's so true. that's a plus. So whoever's at the top of the pack is going to get the best shoe, I'm, I'm sure. But yeah. like, see if Josiah could hand it down. Well, we have to pay for his shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, see that's the little catch. And then I got Hadassah, who's my oldest daughter. And why I'm going there with this, I have no idea, yeah. but we have to move on. So just think about that. Now, that's incredible, everybody. Now, that's a miracle. It is absolutely a miracle. And so the, the following are the seven species Israel would find in the land that they could eat. 
wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. Deuteronomy 8.8. 8. Check that out. The following are the seven species Israel would find in the land that they could eat. So once they go into the land, there's not going to be any more manna. So they got to produce for themselves. Right. So wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. Just a little tidbit for some of you out there that are, uh, you know, you want to, you know, some kind of uh, advice for allergies and, and, and sinus problems and everything. Uh, get the local honey and have at least three tablespoons every day. And it'll it'll clear up your allergies and a lot of your sinus problems. Interesting, so, yeah. And I'm just I'm just sharing that with you because it, it, that's what I do here in Florida. I get this orange blossom honey that's just south of us that uh, one of my elders gives me, uh, Tom Postbacall, and he gives me this local honey. And man, uh, makes a big difference. It, huh? it does. I mean, I, I have to say, it really, really works. So it's just interesting. And so, so that, was, that was a great story. So here's here's what I'm looking at all this, and I think that one of the big things that we can pull out of this, right? Um, is that, well, first, the, would you consider that the children of Israel at this point are on a mission from God? They're on a mission from God. Yeah, I mean, probably more than the Blues Brothers. This goes all the way back to even Abraham. Yeah, absolutely. So they're on a mission from God. And so when God sends you on a mission, he's going to give you the tools that you need, right? I like that. In order to complete the mission. And <clears throat> so if God sends you on a mission, if you're working for him, <clears throat> this is why seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added unto you, right? If you read this, then you understand, hey, if I'm on a mission from God, he's obviously got to provide all of my and needs. And the Torah gives you a lot of instructions. You, you get where I'm going there? Wow. It's, 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 it's upon him to do the providing because he sent you on the mission. You're doing his work. How is he not going to take care of his people? You know what I mean? It just no, that's it good. would look bad on him. What does it say in Leviticus? I've severed you from the people. That's right. Now we are to be a light. Don't get me wrong, and all these other things. But but I love this because here's here's another good one. We are to bless the Lord when we are full. Deuteronomy eight ten. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which He hath given thee. That's interesting, you know. And and we forget to do this afterwards. Oh yeah, we always because we do go it into before. a food coma. It's like Thanksgiving or something, you know. Who's going to remember to thank the Lord and say a prayer after we eat? Yeah. But that's what it's saying. We are to bless the Lord when we are full. Right. That's awesome. We always pray for our food and everything. But uh, the three things that the Lord did not want his people to forget, of course, uh, are his commandments, judgments, and statutes. Okay. That's what he wants us not to forget. Commandments, judgments, and statutes. So have you ever used the Blue Letter Bible app? I don't think I, I have. I've heard of it, though. Yeah, the Blue Letter Bible is pretty, pretty convenient because it, um, it lets you pick any verse in the Bible, and then you can kind of break it down. You can see the Strong's numbers, but then you just click on it, and boom, it gives you like the trans, um, not the transliteration, the interlinear. Um, so you can see what oh, the actual Hebrew, Greek? <laughs> Hebrew words are and all that stuff. Interlinear, that's, Hebrew and Greek. That's exactly right. Wow. So, so like I can just very quickly, and I'm showing Pastor Nick on here, but I can just hit interlinear on this verse, and I can jump down, and I can see that I have mitzvah, mishpat, and chukah, right? So oh, these wow. are wow, those these, are the Hebrew words, right? So the mitzvot, right, are the commandments. That's the good deeds, right? The things that I've done. The mishpatim are going to be uh, the judgments, and then the chokim are going to be. The statutes, and if you remember, the Chokim and the Mishpatim 
are going to be the things that are the vertical commandments. I think we even talked about this last week. That's deep. And the horizontal commandments. And then what the other one is, um, your guess is as good as mine. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> That's interesting, you know. Um, it says right here in Deuteronomy 8.18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. He, he gives you power to get wealth. Now there's your uh, prosperity message. You're saying the prosperity gospel is right here in the Torah? I'm just saying that he gives the power to get wealth. Come on. Now, you've got your own business. So wait, you're saying... This is a nice time It to says it right here. It's not saying I have to get it. It says right now, he has already given me the power to get wealth. And, and the name of your company is Champion Payments. Champion Payments. This is right. like a little advertisement for oh, your company. Oh, you're so kind. Because it fits right in with That's the scripture. Right. So, so let me just share this with everyone. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And all these things shall be added unto you. You know, I want to say something to all of you that are listening to this podcast, and I don't want to get into all the details or, or be prideful or arrogant, but I'll tell you, I have received quite a number of blessings the last you know, few weeks and even during the coronavirus. Personal blessings from the Lord, from people and, and, and God, and just situations and favor that, gosh, I tell you, and I just thank God for it. You know, he takes care of all these things that, that we need to take care of. So I would say it's probably one of my favorite verses. It's, it's once again, it's Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, here we go. Would the Lord cause his people to perish if they were not obedient to his voice? Oh, yes. You have to be obedient. You know, we got to be careful when we say, thus saith the Lord. We can say, hey, you know, I was thinking about this or I was inspired. But when you say, thus saith the Lord, it has to be the Lord or you're a false prophet, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Or you misspoke. And you could you could probably clean some things up. Yeah. It just <laughs> depends on damage what, control. Yeah, it's, it's, it just depends on what you really said or what the content is. So this is so important, everybody, because here's, here's the, the question for discussion. If you're listening, how many of there's a lot of voices out there? I mean, my goodness. Think about Netflix and Hulu and all. Those are voices. Voices in your head. Why is it so important to not listen to all the other voices and hear God's voice, Ryan? Ooh. Why yeah. is it so important to not listen to all the other voices and hear God's voice? Well, so first off, I mean, just what we said about Deuteronomy 8.20, would the Lord cause his people to perish if they would not be obedient to his voice? So when, you know, I think we talked about this either last week or the week before, but it's important to recognize that God gives instructions not in order to force us to do anything, but that we would have a heart to love Him and fear Him, that we would hear His voice and keep His commandments for our own benefit, right? It's not just because we should be obedient to Him, which, honestly, that should be our primary motive, right? But I think it takes time for somebody to develop their relationship with God to the point where they're no longer self-seeking, but that they're God-seeking because they understand, hey, just like a marriage, and it really is a marriage, right? If I seek His needs, and I seek to fulfill the, the commandments of God and what He's called me to do, and I'm do on His mission, He's going to take care of everything that I need and give me more, abundantly more, than I could ever imagine I, or need. I would say that's probably the larva stage. You should already have mastered that not to listen to all the other voices. You know, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, and this is the church of Corinth and the Apostle Paul, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So now we have these, these we'd say vain imaginations. In the Greek, it's actually casting down reasonings, trying to reason something. Right. Cast it down, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Wow, how powerful is that, everybody? I mean, think about it. When I counsel with people and I talk with people, they'll tell me, you know, I hear, I, I feel like, you know, I'm not good enough. Mm, they'll yeah. say, I hear this voice saying I'm not good enough. Mm. I hear this voice, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell people, that's not God. No. Think about it. I have beautiful children. Ryan's got children. I wouldn't tell my children, you're not going to make it. You're no good. Oh, yeah, never. I mean, if you say stuff like that, you really got to check check your heart and get your speech cl- cleaned up. That was, you, the, that was the previous generation that did that. But I'm just saying that, yeah, the, <laughs> the one that wasn't very affectionate. But what I'm saying to you, Ryan, is that that's not God's voice. No. You know, and, and I, don't, I don't like to even meditate on that or think about that. But I just want to encourage all of you that are listening that, man, God loves you and you're good enough. You know, and, and like I said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Give yourself a hug. Go ahead. Aww. Oh, you demand, Nick. You demand. I give myself a hug. You have to believe in yourself. You know, kind of felt kind of good. I kind of. I know. Back. I I preach to myself. I'll, I preach. I preach to myself. You know, it's so funny. Uh, I've heard it said that even T.D. Jakes, he went out in the woods, was preaching to the trees before he even really went into ministry and everything. He was just preaching. Did they respond? I don't know, but I'm just saying that was an interesting story, though. Yeah. And look at him today. But anyway, just an interesting storyline. You know, you, you got to preach to yourself. You got to believe in yourself. You know, uh, especially when it comes you know, to the things of God. So I'm going to let Ryan take it over from here. Uh, in Deuteronomy, uh, we have, of course, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, and this is it. God will destroy Israel's enemies. And Conan, how would you say that for yourself? The God will destroy Israel's enemies. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. Who is your daddy? For once, I love do? the barbarians. Bring them home. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, here we go. All right, so in Deuteronomy 9.3, was the Lord going to destroy Israel's enemies like a consuming fire? Yes, but but you need to read verses 1 through 5. Oh, I need to read first? I would. I, I think you should read. This oh. is some good stuff. It's just a few verses. So, yeah, Deuteronomy verses 9, 1 through 5, God will destroy Israel's enemies. All right, here we go. Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, Cities great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, with the children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest, and whom thou hast heard say, Who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them and shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord hath said unto thee. Speak not thou in thine heart after that, that the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord doth drive them out from before thee. Not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee 
and that he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto the fathers, to thy fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wow, that's incredible, right? And so obviously, as we just said, um, that uh, the Lord was going to destroy Israel's enemies, enemies like a consuming fire. Um, and that the children of Israel had to cross over the Jordan into the promised land, and that God was going to basically clear the way for them, and that they were going to see great signs and wonders. And doesn't it say that don't make a covenant with them? It does. Now, here's one quick That's thing else, yeah. that I want to mention, that it does mention the Anakim, the children of Anak. Now, am I right in, in assuming that this was a, a race of giants? Is that right? Interesting. I, I think you're right. Yeah, I've heard the Rephaim and the Anakim are a race of giants, and you know, it's one of those things where I think people really struggle with with hearing and seeing things like this. But I want to make a, a major point here because in verses one through five, God makes it very, very clear. And I think we also have to remember that the blessings that we get are not necessarily because we are so great or so righteous or so upright or we do such a good job of keeping the commandments or anything like that. This is because God manifests His glory through blessing those that are on His team. Amen? That's right. So, Moses reflects on the sin of the golden calf with the children of Israel in verses 6 through 21. In verse 18, um, Moses was on top of the mountain before the golden calf incident for 40 days and nights without food or water. Now, that's incredible. No food and no water. And who was at the base of the mountain for waiting days. for him? Joshua. Joshua. That's right. That's right. I bet Joshua had food and water, though. I mean, if I was Joshua, I would have. I mean, yeah, he's at the base of the mountain. That's where all the fast food is. The snacks. That's where all the dry foods are. He's got the granola bars yeah. and the grapes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> the manna, I guess, at that point. This is true. Manna cakes. So Moses broke the original two tablets. That's right, he did. And uh, just to let everybody know that there is medicine in the Bible. Oh, that's There's right. There's medicine in the Bible. You're right. Moses took two tablets. Mm -hmm. There you go. Ah, man. So um, Moses interceded for the children of Israel because of the golden calf incident. And praise God for this. I'll tell you what, when you go back and you listen to the podcast... Um, we talk a lot about intercession around this time. Right now, um, intercede. Pray for your president. That, oh, pray man. for Trump. Amen. Pray pray for all of these government officials. There's a lot of stuff going on. And honestly, we just want God's will um, to happen with all of these things that are going on. A lot of testimonies, a lot of all kinds of stuff. So, All right, so Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, the second set of stone tablets, you know. Uh, they said Moses broke all the commandments. Remember that? All at once. He broke all the commandments. So I'm going to get to read. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. Here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. This is a book of remembrance. Remember, these are the last words of a dying man, the last, I believe, five weeks of his life. At that time, the Lord said unto me, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and come up unto me into the mount, and make thee an ark of wood. And I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest, and thou shalt put them in the ark. And I made an ark of sheatim wood, and hewed two tables of stone, like unto the first, and went up into the mount, having the two tables in mine hand. And he wrote on the tables, according to the first writing, the Ten Commandments, which the Lord spake unto you, in the mount, out of the midst of the fire, in the day of the assembly, and the Lord gave them unto me. And I turned myself, and came down from the mount, 
and put the tables in the ark which I had made, and there they be, as the Lord commanded me. So, wow. did Moses make another set of tablets for the Lord to write on? Yes. So who wrote the commandments on the stone tablets? The Lord, with the finger of God. That's right. And we have this famous saying, Is that written in stone? Um, John Wayne. Yeah. Is that written in stone? Uh, as a matter of fact... It is. You do a decent John Wayne. It's all right, you know. You know, he was in one of the movies, of a Jesus movie, and he was the centurion, remember, at the base of the cross? Truly this was the Son of God. I, I thought that was outstanding. I'm thinking, man, that's John Wayne at the yeah, cross. That's right. That's powerful. You know, the veil was torn from top to bottom. Even, so once again, you know, Christians with Torah, we're not boring, folks. This podcast is alive and well. So what was written on the two tablets, and where did they put them? the Ten Commandments, and they place them inside the Ark of the Testimony. Oh, boy. And so once again, if you're going to have the commandments, who's going to teach them but the priesthood? So who took Aaron's place when he died? His son, Eliezer. His son, Eliezer. Who was the son of Eliezer? Ooh. Ooh. I see that hand. Pincus. Pincus, that's right. A.K.A. Phineas. Phineas. Oh, yeah. He, uh, human shish kebab with a spear. That's right. He <laughs> took matters in his own hands and thrust them through right in the act. And I tell you, and right here, I mean, this is powerful. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Wow. So why did he command him? So that's Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Read that in the New Testament, Ryan. Let's, let's find that in the New Testament. 10, 12, and 13. Let's see here. Ooh. What are, is it Matthew twenty two thirty seven? 37? It is Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37. Well, check, check it out and read it. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Matthew. So it's great to look at the Torah portion and go into these scriptures and find this in the New Testament. I like it. Here it is. Uh, it says here, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. With all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Only these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Wow. That's outstanding. It's interesting that that's the I mean, think reference. about it. We're supposed to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, I had my little Briella, and I had, uh, who did I have with me? Oh, I had Hadassah. Briella and Eva with me, and we were in the van. We were parking. We we're gonna go to the store, and uh, my my daughter Briella, she's she's seven, and she says, "Daddy, I love God more than anything." Oh. And then I love you and mommy. Aww. I thought, man, that could preach. Wow, divine order. I at know. That age, I was huh? like, what? <laughs> where'd you get good. this? I was like, Amen, sister. Yeah. That, that was good. That is here. Where there's one more cross-reference to this in the New Testament. It's 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, and it says, The end of the commandment, and by end in the King James here, um, I have a little translation note um, that says the purpose, right? And so it says, The purpose of the commandment is love. Uh, out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned or sincere faith. So I thought that was pretty cool too, because you got to think that everyone um, is wondering, hey, what what is the working man's thing? Because because even back then, right, not everybody's going to go through and be a Torah scholar. 
Some people are going to go and, you know, That's be true. farmers. They're going to be this. That's right. So what do I need? I need to know as a working man, how do I apply this to what I do on a daily basis, right? So there's the law and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I need to love God, walk in his ways, serve him with all my heart, with all my soul, and to keep his commandments and his statutes. Why? For my own good. I'll be honest with you, Ryan. That, that is my number one prayer all the time. Lord, I want to love you more than anything. Amen. Amen. So let me ask you, what would be your second prayer? After if, that? After that, what would be your second? What would you ask for or really want to desire for yourself? Uh, I would say clear purpose and direction. Clear purpose. That's good. That's good. Right. My second choice. Meaning specifically, because I have a dr- greater true. purpose, but I mean, I'm talking, hey, no, today. No, that's, that's, that's good. Let's that's move good. the ball forward. I, I was thinking, this is what I've been thinking of, and as I love God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's my number one prayer. My second prayer really is, I say, Lord, um, please help me to be Christ-like. Ah, amen, yeah. I want to be Christ-like. So you yeah. get in a situation, yeah. man, what would Jesus do? You know, I'm looking at my bracelet, what would Jesus do? And I'm thinking, I pause, boy, I would do so much better than, like, myself. It's kind of like that. I'm just um, saying, because that's what I do. It's just, like, outbursts of anger, well, snap a, off, <laughs> bite sar- people. Sarcastic comments. Oh, yeah. Passive it's not aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, passive aggressive. That's psychological, but yeah. So, so. I use that, yeah. So, um, <laughs> just got so off track in my brain. So it's it's kind of like that saying, um, people don't know how much, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I like that, right? So that that's a, a very, I would say, Yeshua concept. It's true. It is absolutely true. And you know the the uh, series, the Chosen. We were just talking about. Oh this. yeah, the Chosen. You guys got to check it out. Uh, but I'll tell you what, man, this it's on YouTube. You watch the Chosen, and to me personally, as I read the scriptures and I get to know the Lord personally, right. This is gotta be now. Listen, doctrinally, there might be some things that that I don't they buy don't into. Develop the characters right, and stuff, yeah, a hundred percent. However, I would say with Yeshua himself, this is the this actor and this the way they portray him is the most like what I personally have imagined Yeshua would actually be like. If you actually encountered him, yeah. and dealt with him, that would be. I mean, like the the, the one where he goes. And they are having a Sabbath dinner. Yeah. And Yeshua shows up to the door and knocks. I mean, I'm just like, oh, man, that would be so awesome. Like, we should all be prepping Shabbat like Jesus and is you know, and, and you know, it's funny. You know, the, the funniest people are Jewish. All the Jewish comedians. <laughs> and you know Jesus had some one-liners. Oh, You absolutely. know he was busting out. Yeah, absolutely. So as, as we move forward here, this is so important. Now, I want to read this verse because here, here's the question, though, so we can keep it in context, though. What did God want his people to circumcise so that they would no longer be stiff-necked? Mm. The foreskin of their heart. Now, I want to read Deuteronomy 10, 15, because this is what's so important. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. Now, that's a powerful chosen people verse. Amen. Well, just... Chosen people, the chosen. The chosen. So, so what I'm saying to all of you is that there are promises that God has made to the Jewish people uh, that He's not going to renege on, that He's going to fulfill. That's why there's a nation. Okay, so that's a that's a chosen chosen people verse, right? Now, but it says here, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. Now, listen, I've chosen you, I've called you. Now you got to do your part. Yeah. And and I would just share this about the circumcision of the heart. You know, we talk about getting a new heart and all these other things, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the heart is wicked. But the, the circumcised heart, everybody, is God cutting away those things that are not advantageous, those things that are not good, 
those things that can bring you harm and, and, and not good. Uh, you have to circumcise it, cut it away, you know. And, and just like in Leviticus, he says, I've severed you from the people. Yeah. There's not some ligaments and bones or tendons hanging there or some meat or skin. I mean, he severed it, you know, cut it off. Uh, And so once again, that's important. I mean, if you're going to be his people, then you got to do your part. Uh, God promised to execute judgment for the fatherless and the widow. Hang on real quick before we go away from the foreskin of the heart. This is a great little little side trail that we could take. We're not going to take the whole side trail, but... When you talk about the foreskin of the heart and circumcising the foreskin of the heart, this is a commandment, right? So does this wow. mean that we need to like start cracking people's chests open with a scalpel and like start force, you know, cutting the foreskin off of their heart? You know, my dad's a heart transplant recipient going on 22 <laughs> You're years. You're totally taking that in a different direction. Yes, I know. he is. That's a se- severe circumcision. It is. I'm going to give you a new heart. My point is, and when you read the Bible and you realize that there are literary elements to it, right? Right. That you don't take literally... Do you take them literarily? <laughs> wow, you're creating some new words there uh, for Webster's. Hey, who knows if they're new or not, right? <laughs> um, but there's obviously no foreskin on your heart, and we're obviously not literally cutting the foreskin right, off of your heart. Yeah, like Yeshua said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. I would venture to say that that would be... That's not literal. Not literal, hence and many, cannibalism many is prohibited. No longer followed him after that. <laughs> The literalists have left the building. Yes, bye. The literalists have left the building, Ryan. Bye, Felicia. So once again, God promised to execute judgment for the fatherless and the widow, just like in our congregation. I like to know who the widows are and the fatherless, you know, and 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 do something. You know, I had a, uh, you know, a, a situation that I have to take care of because I felt like a widow was mistreated uh, on my watch, and so uh, I had to take matters in my own hands and 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 fix that. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, uh, something to really understand. And of course, God loves the stranger. Yes. Deuteronomy ten eighteen. God loves the stranger. You know, uh, and God was going to provide food and raiment, clothing for the stranger, because his people were strangers in Egypt. Okay. So once again, God was going to provide food and raiment or clothing for the stranger because his people were strangers in Egypt. And uh, in Deuteronomy 10.22, let's see what we got here. This is a very good verse here. It's the last verse in Deuteronomy chapter 10. It says, Thy fathers went down into Egypt with threescore and ten persons, and now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. Boy, I tell you, with the King James, I've always got to look this up. What's threescore and ten, Ryan? Seventy. Seventy souls went down to Egypt. So I want you guys to picture this. Seventy souls went down to Egypt, and look what happens 430 years later. Mm. Now, this is amazing. There's a census in Numbers chapter 1, verse 46. There's a census. All males, 20 and up, 603,550. Now, that's not counting the wives or the children. So we're looking at 1.5 to 2 million people Easily, yeah, that's a lot. That's a so lo- think that's about a very productive it. So I don't, group. I don't know how that works, Ryan, but I will say this: if you have two million people in four hundred thirty years, you better have bunk beds. <laughs> you better have some serious bunk beds. Hopefully, they got you know. And a then, lot of course, lumber. the second census in Numbers twenty six fifty one, you have six hundred one thousand seven hundred thirty. You know, those numbers, you know, 
are smaller than the, the, the first census, you know. And what's interesting is that at Baal Peor, 24,000 people died from a plague yeah. because of sexual immorality and idolatry. So just think, they would have actually increased to some degree. Well, and you had Korah's rebellion. Korah's rebellion. So plagues took people out. Yep. Uh, a generation had to die in the wilderness. They raised up a generation. Yep. But remember, it was that next generation at Baal Peor that dropped the ball. So we're going to move on here. I'm going to have Ryan read Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 1 through 7, God's great acts. All right. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And know ye this day, for I speak not with your children which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm, and his miracles and his acts which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh the king of Egypt and unto unto his lamb. And what he did unto the army of Egypt, unto their horses and to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord hath destroyed them unto this day. And what he did unto you in the wilderness until ye came into his ar- to this place. And what he did unto Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their households, and their tents, and all the substance that was in their possession in the midst of all Israel. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord, which he did. Outstanding. See, reflecting, looking back. You know, we should all look back on the great things that the Father has done for us, you know, and and create like this linear chart from left to right, and write down all those praise reports that God has done for you to get you where you're at today. You know, I love that. And, and of course, uh, what did the younger generation see with their eyes? Uh, all the great acts of the Lord, which he did. They sure did. You know, I want you to picture this with me, you know. So all the great acts of the Lord, which he did. So, you know, think about it like even Joshua. He was in Egypt. He was, he was of course, in bondage, in, in, uh, in slavery, enslaved and a slave. And what happened? He came out and went in the wilderness for 40 years. But what did he get to do? And he's an Ephraimite from the tribe of Ephraim. He got to go into the promised land. So this is a picture, Ryan, for all of us that have been in the world and God saved us for God so loved the world. You know, he, he, he brought us out. And why? Because now we're on this journey and we're, we're doing things. We're, we're getting closer and we're understanding his progressive revelation of redemption. And now we're moving towards the promised land, everyone, a literal promised land. And so that's what's really interesting. And the Lord was going to provide the first rain and the, and the latter rain for his people. Uh, Deuteronomy eleven fourteen. So the Lord was going to provide the first rain and the latter rain for his people. I want to share this with everyone. Then I'm going to turn it over to Ryan. I want to go to Hosea, Hosea chapter 6. I want, I want to share with this this incredible prophecy here. Um, in Hosea chapter 6, it says in verse 1, Come and let us return unto the Lord. That's, that's the word shub, which is teshuva, you know. For he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. Verse 2 of Hosea 6. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Now there's some parts to this that I want to share because it's so important. After two days will he revive us. That's the same word used to describe Jacob when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to gather his father to bring him and the rest of his family to Egypt, that word revive, you know, he thought Joseph was dead and gone. And it's just like with the, with the commonwealth of Israel, these 10 tribes, 
people think, well, they are absorbed. They're gone. They're, they're, they're dead. They're, they're never to be heard from again. You know, I actually have this book about it renounces the whole uh, finding the tribe theory. It just renounces the whole thing kind of like. Yeah. And I'm like, what a waste. Yeah, absolutely. What a waste because here it is. This word revive is powerful. But look what it says here. I love this in, in, in Hosea 6, 3. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Wow. So this is a picture of Yeshua because in the late fall, you have the rains. That's right. Okay. Because you're planting crops and seed, but you need what? The latter rain. The latter rain for when the crops come. And when did he die? In the spring. That's right. So there's the uh, former and latter rain example. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and let you take it over from here and just kind of finish that up. But yeah, go ahead and check out Deuteronomy 11:18. I would love to. So um, God's word was to be in their heart, soul, on their hand, and between their eyes. The tefillim and the phylacteries. Yeah, that's exactly where they get tefillim and phylacteries. But I want to also just look at this. So we want it. We want it in our heart. We want it in our soul, right? And then we want it, and and by that we want it, right? We want to get it in our mind, our will, and our emotions submitted to God. We want to get it in our soul, and then we want it in our hand, right? What we do, and in between our eyes, what we think and what we see. Uh, and all that. So it's it's something where God is saying, hey, listen, we need to take the word of God and apply it to every part of your life. And so uh, here in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19, it says, and ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up. So this is a repeat from chapter six. And so um, what two places was the word to be written? on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So the doorpost of the house and on your gates, this is where we get the mezuzah, right? Um, if you have a mezuzah, actually, you know, my son Christian, man, I'll tell you what, he he has a mezuzah on the outside of his, his little door there, and he touches it every time he walks in and every time he walks out. And he does it when we enter into the church here. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things where you you see it in practice in your children and how your children are devoted to the Word of God in that manner, even maybe more so than you are. And it, um, it's just pretty cool. I love it. And so um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna finish up the last verse of this Torah portion, which is uh, verse twenty five of chapter eleven. It says here, "There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land." that ye shall tread upon as he hath said unto you. Now, I, I, I look at that and then I consider the present day state of Israel and how, um, you know, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, God has protected them. That in many, many, many situations where they should not have been successful in military campaigns, in uh, times when they were attacked and needed to defend themselves, where they were over, you know, outmanned, outgunned, so to speak, that God has shown up and protected them. And he did it when they started in 1948. He did it again in 1967, again in 73, and again in more recent years. And uh, the nations around them have just finally started, it just appears, to just give up, right? A lot of these Arab nations that used to be, you know, just uh, quote-unquote hell-bent 
on the destruction of Israel have started to try to normalize relations with them because they realize that they cannot defeat them militarily. And ultimately, it's because God is with them. And so we're finally coming to that part, Pastor Nick. What two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Ekev, on the heel of, from a consensus of Pastor Nick? Okay, I would say this. God has a chosen people, number one. There are a chosen people. Yes. And that's what we as Christians need to understand. Okay, there are a chosen people, the Jewish people. Uh, Like I said, they're the only ethnic group to leave their country and come back 2,000 years later. Nobody else has ever done that. That's right. So that's number one. Uh, the Jewish people are God's chosen people. There's plenty of scriptures. Don't have time to get into it. Number two, I would say this. Hear God's voice. Keep his covenant. And we, we say that one a lot. Those are my that's, two. That's important. But see, there's a lot of voices out there. You know, even when yes. you get alone, there's your, your voice. That's right. I got to tell Nick to shut up. <laughs> Shush. Shush. Be quiet, Nick, and listen. Just don't be a stiff Nick. This is true. <laughs> so that's what I learned. God has a chosen people, the Jewish people. Number one, there are chosen people that he has chosen. And of course, number two, uh, hear God's voice, keep his covenant. And, and just a little uh, closing thought here. If you don't hear his voice and keep his covenant, you know, the, the, what else can God do? I mean, if, if, if the, the king goes bad, the priesthood goes bad, guess what God's got to do? He's got to send in the prophets. And so this is what we're seeing. We're being inundated with false prophets. Absolutely. So what do we need to do? Everybody read the written prophets. You're going to find some incredible prophecies there to protect us from false prophets. Remember, a true prophet of God speaks what is true. It comes to pass, and he'll always lead you to God, like John the Baptist. And if we study the real deal, we'll know the counterfeit when it comes. Amen? If you have the Word of God written in your heart, if you have it in your time of need because you've studied it, right, then when the when somebody comes and they're bringing a counterfeit, you'll know that it's a counterfeit because it doesn't match the real deal. So my two things that I got out of the Torah portion, number one, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And obviously the previous verses are talking about, you know, clothes and, and food and all that and houses. And so... Um, I think that that cannot be overstated. If you're on a mission from God, God is going to provide for the mission. Um, And then number two, uh, I put soften your heart to be sensitive to the things of God. Um, You know, in this Torah portion, it talks about the circumcision of the heart. Now, uh, if you're like me and you first got into Torah and you didn't realize, I'm sorry, the law of God is to circumcise the heart. I thought Paul said that because we were getting rid of the law, right? And so obviously that's just a, a backwards idea that couldn't be further from the truth. But the point is that we can see it very clearly right here in the Torah, the circumcision of the heart and the fact that, listen, the circumcision of the flesh is meaningless without the circumcision of the heart. Amen? Because just to do things for the sake of doing them out of religious you know, uh, obligation um, or cultural uh, norms or obligation is meaningless to God. That's why he says many times, hey, I don't want the, the blood of bulls and goats or of rams. I want a contrite heart, right? I want, I want the people to come to me. And he also says obedience is better than sacrifice, right? So soften your heart to the things of God. Let him in. Let him deal with the things that are going on with you. Let him forgive you. Let him... 
Um, let him be your, your Abba, your daddy, you know, because a lot of us, um, we need that. Amen. You know, we can't do this on our own. We can't, you know, make these decisions on our own. We need God. So, uh, the circumcision of the heart is important. Amen. You got anything, any final comments? You're good. Just want to encourage all of you to check out Teshiva, check out our website, you know, and, uh, prepare yourselves for a great return. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Bless you guys. Um, if you want to live stream our services, you can go to twopraise.net and click on the live tab every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can also catch us on all the social media platforms, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the like. Um, if you need any resources uh, or you want a PDF copy of our Teshuvah uh, little journal that we use, um, coming up here uh, starting on Elul 1, which is August 20th in the evening, then please contact the office uh, at 813-654-2222. God bless you guys. Have a great week.